if you have to wrap your heart around that before you're ever going to get to the whole idea of what job he wants you to do or what person he wants you to marry, before you ever even get to that, he says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number 13. And in this episode, the world is watching. So let's talk about it. How performance can damage your walk with Jesus. This week's encouraging word. And the time I was on the hot seat. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. And I'm John Fugler on the exit ramp of the Performance Christianity Highway. I'm the author of a devotional series called Your Life with God. A husband, father, and grandfather of eight, and most importantly, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. Now, I just received a comment from last week's podcast with author Parker J. Cole, a listener uh, referring to the episode, uh, referred it to a relative who has written a book but hasn't published it yet. And she thought Parker's interview might inspire her to get the book out there. I sure hope it does. Now, if you haven't heard last week's episode, go back and listen. You might have a book inside you that needs to be written. Or maybe you've written and you need to be having it published. Get it out there. Now, I got to tell you the truth. I've written nine books myself, but I got five more already drafted. They're not not totally done yet. They're, They're in my computer. They're hidden in there, but I haven't published them. I haven't published a book in two years. So I, too, need to take action. I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, It reminds me of the comment from this listener that if this podcast has been helpful for you, uh, share it with friends. There's a share button on your podcast app, and if you're listening through my website, just copy and paste the link and then text it or email it to your friends. It's, It's that easy, so please go ahead and do that. Well, we couldn't podcast this week and ignore two global events, and maybe these events are what we need as we... Uh, seek a diversion from other global events going on that are more serious, that have us in their grip. You know, the pandemic, uh, world tensions, political tensions. But the world is watching two other events, and they hardly come at the same time. That doesn't happen very often, but this year they do. And these are, one, the Olympics, and you're probably watching those, and then getting ready for the Super Bowl, that's coming up this Sunday. So these are converging, and really the whole world's going to be watching. Uh, and as I think about these two events, I think about great performances. I've been reflecting on some great performances. Uh, for instance, the, the Super Bowl. How can we not look at Tom Brady 
and seven Super Bowls. Whether you're a Tom Brady fan or not, seven Super Bowl championships the guy has. That's amazing. Uh, He's got more Super Bowls than any one team has. Tom Brady. uh, So what an achiever he is. Uh, and, And so you think about the individual achievement. Then I have to go back to, if you remember this, in 1969, it was Super Bowl three, Super Bowl three. I was a big Baltimore Colts fan, and we were going to win the Super Bowl. I was just a kid back then. How old was I? Uh, 14 years old. And I knew we were going to win. We're going to beat those bad Jets. We're going to beat the New York Jets. Um, we, we were favorites by 17 and a half points. And then Joe Namath made the statement. He said, we're going to beat the Colts. He made that statement. And he went on and, 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 and led the, the Jets to the 16-7 to victory over the Colts. I was devastated. One of sports' greatest upsets, and I was on the wrong end of it. And so that was, uh, you may remember it, you may not. Go back and, and, and look at that. Now, thinking about uh, Super Bowl victories, and who would have thought that the Cincinnati Bengals would be in the Super Bowl this year? And maybe you thought the L.A. Rams would, would be in, but the Cincinnati Bengals, I think their record is 10-7 and seven in the regular season. Uh, but they're in. They're in. Looking back on the most celebrated Super Bowl champion teams, who's won the most? Well, you say the New England Patriots, and, and yes, they have won the most. That's six. But the Pittsburgh Steelers also have won six, and they had the highest winning percentage. They're six and two. The Patriots are six and five. I couldn't believe it when I saw this that the Patriots had lost five Super Bowls, but they have. So my wife's Pittsburgh Steelers are on top with six, followed by the San Francisco 49ers. They have five. So do the Dallas Cowboys. They're five and three. And then come the Green Bay Packers. They won the first two Super Bowls, and they've won four total in the life of the Super Bowl. And tied with them, tied with them with the Packers, the great Green Bay Packers are the New York Giants. They've also won four. So to get ready for a Super Bowl this week, a few things that you can talk about. Great performances, great achievements. In, and our theme this week is performance and achievements. We look now to the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? It's on in our house every night. Uh, the, the Winter Olympics, not as much as the Summer Olympics, are where the U.S. dominates. U.S., they, they do pretty well. And you got to go back. When you think of achievements, when you think of greatness, you got to go back to the 1980 USA hockey team when they beat the Soviet Union, then went on to win the gold medal. They call it the miracle on ice. I went back just a few minutes ago and watched some YouTube uh, and the the play-by-play, the last two minutes, and ooh, it still gives me chills. You got to go do that. I'll put it in the show notes. That was an amazing, amazing game. One of the most dramatic upsets in Olympic history. U.S. underdog hockey team made up of college players. They went on to defeat the defending gold medal winning Soviet team. I mean, they were pros. <laughs> it was in Lake Placid, New York, 1980. The Soviet team, well recognized as the finest in the world, and the final score of that game, 4-3, to 10,000 spectators, 
frenzy. I mean, it was just, you got to go back and watch. I would have put it in here in this show, but I would have gotten in trouble for copyright. I don't want that to happen. Well, after that game, they went on to defeat Finland 4-2. to They clinched the gold medal. What a year that was. Absolutely amazing. We're going to be talking about performance here. Uh, that was, as we call it, an exhilarating moment, yeah, in U.S. Olympic history. And sometimes we live our Christian lives from experience to experience, don't we? Those mountaintop experiences, if you've been on a, a youth retreat or even a retreat as an adult and you come back and you say, ah, I, my relationship with Jesus, it is, it is solid right now. And we're, we've got that spiritual high, but that spiritual high is accompanied by spiritual lows. We got the hills, the valleys, the ups and downs, and that's not healthy. It shouldn't be that way. So how can we keep our walk with Christ fresh day after day? That's what this podcast is all about. That's what Fresh Faith 24-7 is all about. That's what my heart is to help you because we ask that question ourselves. How can I keep my relationship with Christ fresh day after day? And it really does begin by having quality time with the Lord. You know, the basics of the Christian life. <laughs> Say, well, what is that secret of staying fresh? And it, it starts with Jesus. Whether we call it a quiet time or devotions or, or whatever we call it. We got to have it or we'll go from experience to experience. And that's what led me to create the 21 day fresh faith experience. And I want to just let you know about this. If you haven't heard about it yet, I've been offering it since we started this podcast and time is running out to get it in just 21 days for five minutes a day. You can develop a habit of investing in your relationship with Jesus. You may be doing it already, but you need something different to help give you some more spark. I want to make sure you get this. It's free. The topics in this book are relevant. They're personal. Uh, joy and faith, encouragement, prayer, courage, the attributes of Jesus, rest. So go grab this free download. You can have it right now. In fact, you could download it as you listen to the podcast. Unless you're driving. No, don't do it if you're driving. But go to FreshFaith247.com and click on, in the menu, 21 Day. It's that easy. Go get it. Start it. And let's not go from experience to experience. Not go from, from high to low to high to low. Let's have a steady relationship with Jesus. I mentioned our, our theme is performance. I'll tell you more about that and about our guest in a moment, but it's also, uh, when you think about themes, our theme this month at Fresh Faith 24-7 in our membership is encouragement. Encouragement. You know, we come off January, here we are in February, we're, we charged out of the gate at the first of the year, and maybe we've <laughs> slowed down a little bit. <laughs> that, that beginning of the year rush is gone although our life is still rushed and maybe we need some encouragement. So I thought I'd just share a few words about encouragement to help you at this time of year and getting things going. Imagine this, a, a waiter setting a rich chocolate milkshake in front of you and your eyes quickly grow bigger. Can you imagine that rich, creamy, thick chocolate milkshake? And then he does what you've been dreaming about since you ordered that, that tasty treat a few minutes ago. He places a towering silver metal cup next to your glass, you know, and it's still almost half full with more of the thick shake. 
When you're done with the glass, you get to pour more in there and you're ready to dive into this delicious dessert. Oh, I can picture that now. Well, that's the way I feel when I read Galatians 2.20. It's as rich and full as any Bible verse can be. And it's this. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So why do I say this is like that milkshake? (laughs) Talk about a contrast here. No, let me bring it all together, okay? So do you see what's nestled in the middle of this? Four amazing words. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. That's in the center of this verse. (laughs) Can it be true? God himself lives in me? Yeah. This verse is packed with such good stuff that I can lose sight of this wonderful truth right in the right in the center of this milkshake. I'm hit with the opening words in this verse. I've been crucified with Christ. And a phrase in the closing statement, I live by faith in the Son of God. Two extraordinary statements. They deserve time on their own to spend time meditating on those phrases. But the best stuff, as far as I'm concerned, is sandwiched in the middle. Christ lives in me. When we think about performance compared to relationship, mm, this is all about the relationship. Christ lives in me. I could use another dessert reference, so I will. I'm making you hungry. <laughs> it's okay. But this verse is, is the creamy Oreo center. Sure, I love the outer cookies, but I live for the middle. Yeah, don't you? Jesus sent his Holy Spirit so he could reside in every believer. Jesus lives in you. God lives in you. Holy Spirit lives in you. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And do you realize the implications of God living in you? More than anything else, it means that the loving Father, the Lord of the universe, Almighty God, has taken up residence in you. It means these things. First, you've got power. You've got strength. You've got might. It's God's power. Unlimited. Because he's an unlimited God, this power was given to you to live for Christ, to bring glory to him. Christ lives in me. And second, you're holy. (laughs) You might not feel that way, but, uh, you know, goodbye sin, hello purity. God sees you as holy because Christ lives in you. Even though in your struggles with sin, God sees Jesus. When he looks at you, he does. Even in your struggles with sin, the Savior shed blood on the cross, paid the penalty for your sin, and gave you God's holiness. And as we know Christ more, as we allow him to live through us, we become more like Jesus. Another thing about this, the fact that Christ lives in you is that you're alive. I know you always thought you were alive, but not the way you are when God lives in you. In John 3, Jesus explained to a curious religious leader named Nicodemus about what it means to be born again. Uh, Nick was totally confused about this concept until Jesus explained the spiritual birth he needed to be born again. Uh, Once you entered into a relationship with Christ, God began to live in you. He imparted his life to you, a, a spiritual life that you never knew. You became complete in Christ, physically and spiritually. Oh, you are alive in a big way. 
And then fourth, because Christ lives in you, you have hope. Never ever is your future hopeless. With God living in you, you're united for eternity. You're destined for heaven. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. From now through forever. 1 John 4, 13 says, This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. Thank God that he lives in us. Be encouraged by this wonderful truth. Reflect him to others and, well, go have a milkshake to cap off the day. (laughs) Please do that. And I hope that you're encouraged by this. What a, a great thing. What a great thing that God lives in us. Let's move on to our featured interview. Uh, It's a little bit different because I'm the guest. (laughs) Yeah, I was on a podcast, actually a radio station, and they converted it into a podcast. And what you're going to hear is uh, that podcast by um, Scott Harold from SOS Radio out of Las Vegas, does an awesome job interviewing, and he's got a regular podcast. He hosts a daily radio show, I think the morning show. And I was on that show and and then on his podcast, and what you're going to hear is that podcast. And the reason I wanted to bring this out now is we're thinking about great Super Bowl moments, heroes of the Super Bowl. We think about the Olympics and and we have achievement, 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 performance, performance, performance in front of us every day, every night now for the next several days. We need to take that and say, hey, that's not my relationship with Jesus. It's not performance. It's not. And and this interview with with Scott, we talked all about uh, performance Christianity and you know that's a, that's a foundation of what we're dealing with here at Fresh Faith 24-7, a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. But it was different when Scott was asking me these questions, and he did a great job really digging in. So let's go and hear that interview right now. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. It's funny when you follow Jesus for a while, I don't know if we get bored in our faith or we get frustrated in our faith because we start to, you know, try to do the right things and say the right things and lead the right way. And you realize sometimes I just get tied into this performance mindset, right? We're talking with my friend John Fugler today at SWS Radio with Fresh Faith 24-7. How are you, John? Doing great, Scott. Thank you. It's wild because you've worked in mission organizations and you work with Trans World Radio and you've worked with putting content together in third world countries and in some of the darkest countries in the world to share the hope of Jesus through radio, using shortwave and different technology. And it's funny because the more that we work for God, the more tired we get. <laughs> and you wonder, like, I should be getting stronger. I thought I was going to be flexing these muscles by now and this would feel different. Like, you know, when you're an athlete and you're doing conditioning, you know, it's like you start with the off season playing soccer or football and you're running and you're all winded. But after you've been doing it a couple of seasons straight, you've got the stamina. And a lot of times in our faith, we don't feel like we get that, huh? Oh, that's true. And I think what happens is we equate this performance. You know, I'm serving Jesus. I'm obeying Jesus. I'm serving in my church, doing all these things. And yet my relationship with him, it's getting more distant. It's stale. Lots of ups and downs, but more seasons and downs and staleness. And what we miss, Scott, is 
we've equated relationship with service or performance. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So what have you learned about breaking out of the mold on that? Because service brings fatigue sometimes. Yeah. And it also brings the adrenaline rush. I mean, when we're serving the Lord and, and we're seeing good things happen, it gives us a rush. And we think, wow, I'm close to God now. God and I, we're doing this together. And Jesus and I are working together, leading people to Christ. We're building people up in the body. And yet we forget that inside we're imploding and we don't have that strong relationship. And really what we need to do is we need to turn to Christ. And that sounds like a cliche, but we need to approach Jesus for who he is and that knowing that he loves us, knowing that he wants to have relationship with us, and we can't do anything to make him love us more or love us less. We're talking with John Fugler today at SWIS Radio, and he's with Fresh Faith 24-7. And it's a community where you do a lot of devotional series about like rest or spending our time with God, growing in our faith. And a lot of times you do these like 31-day challenges where you're digging into a particular topic. And you were talking about performance Christianity this last month. Yeah, performance Christianity. And what I am doing in this 31 days of Fresh Faith is leading people every day we're live. Facebook Live, 7 o'clock Eastern time, and we're going through the process of being on the path that takes us to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And it's pretty neat, the things we're going through. First of all, we have to be awakened to what the problem is. Why are we cold in our relationship with the Lord? Why, if we've been believers for 20 years, we remember how good it was back then, Mm -hmm. but right now we're just kind of stale, even though we're doing more for Jesus. And we want to identify that problem, get over that hurdle. And on the other side, Jesus is waiting for us there to meet him in a dynamic way. So, John, we were just talking about identifying the problem and saying, you know what, I'm getting tied into this performance thing where it's just work, 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 work. How do I get over that hurdle so I can actually have a connection with God and it's not just a work relationship? I think, first of all, identifying it, I look at it as we got to do some stone clearing. You know, Jesus is on the other side of this big boulder. For me, it was performance. I was an athlete growing up. I came to Christ. I was a performer. I began performing for Christ. I went into full-time Christian work. And to me, this boulder kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had to step away from that. And I had to come to the Lord and say, God, I, I just, I'm missing you, Jesus. I'm missing you. And it's all about realizing that Jesus hasn't called us into a relationship where we're performing for him. It's a relationship that we're supposed to be with him. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Just before that, he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my (laughs) Lord. Paul, of all people, you had to know Christ. And he said, no, my mission is to know Christ and to know Christ and to know Christ. Paul served Christ, but he knew Christ. He knew Christ. That was first for Paul. The service and the obedience, that was next. He served and obeyed Jesus because he loved him. And we need to fall in love with Jesus. So we need to clear that stone away and say, I'm not going to go back there. I'm going to turn and I'm going to walk towards Jesus and be vulnerable and intimate with him. And so while our culture has taken this word intimacy and sort of distorted it into so many different things, and when we think about having a connection with Jesus that's rich and deep, intimacy is a word that the Bible uses quite frequently, John. Mm, It is. It is. And I think especially men, uh, we tend to perform and we obey and we do the right things. But this whole thing of opening up, we're 
most of us have a hard time with that, but it really is what Jesus wants in our relationship with him. As we go about knowing Christ, we know Christ as the good shepherd. We know Jesus as our rock. We know Jesus as the light of the world. We know Jesus as the bread of life. I looked in the book of John and I studied that and I came up with over 25 identities of Jesus in that book alone. And I've been spending my time taking each one of those apart and meditating on the verses and the passages. What does it mean that Jesus is the bread of life? We throw that word around, but what does that really mean? And as we study that, as we seek Jesus about that, as the Holy Spirit enlightens us, something happens in our heart. It softens, and we get to know the bread of life instead of performing for the bread of life, and we're released into freedom from that bondage. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we're trying to refresh our faith. Sometimes we need a little bit of guidance in that, because otherwise we just go whatever direction that our emotions are taking us. Well, Scott, one of the things we have to invest if it's going to happen is time. It really is. Uh, And that's true for any relationship, but especially in our relationship with Jesus. I'm a guy who checks off the box. Okay. I did my morning quiet time with the Lord. I don't know if you're that way or not, but uh, I can get that way rather than saying, okay, this isn't a thing to do. This is a person to be with. And I enjoy that time. So it's time commitment for that rich relationship, not time commitment for reading through the Bible or praying, but that's part of it. Oftentimes we get the cart before the horse and we miss Jesus on our way to prayer. We miss Jesus on the way to the word of God. And we end up coming out of that time going, well, I've, I've had my time with the Lord and now I'm right with Jesus and I'm ready to go forward and go into the day. And, and we forget about who we just met with because we may not have really met with them with our heart at all. And so it's that time, that rich time we can have with our Savior. I don't know what it is about American Christianity, but we all just tend to gravitate towards this idea that I have a life and I'm inviting Jesus to be a part of it. And it's totally flawed when you read about how Jesus set things up. And we're talking with John Fugler today at SWIS Radio. He works with Fresh Faith 24-7. He's author of nine different books, including the devotional series, Your Life with God. And Essentially, when we're trying to pursue Jesus— We're not inviting him to join what we're doing. We're joining what he's doing. Essentially, that's the whole idea of your devotional series. Oh, that's right, Scott. You really hit it on the head. And we tend to switch it around and we say, Jesus, bless my actions, bless my service, bless what I'm doing here at church, bless this, bless that. And instead of coming and listening to the Lord and saying, what you want to have me do, Jesus, where do you want me to go? One of the biggest questions we have in life as believers is this what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? And we think we've got to have this mystical experience and all of a sudden the light will go on and we'll, we'll understand what his will is. When the word of God, Jesus was there when the Bible was all written. It was there. He was there from beginning to end. He's there for all eternity. Everything in the word is, is from Jesus as well. He inspired it. And we have, I would say, 95% of what we need to know about what God wants us to do right there in the word of God, if we will spend time with the Lord and absorb that. And to me, that's the beauty of it. The Bible's not a textbook, but as we come to the Lord Jesus and say, hey, let's enjoy some time together. What do you have for me this morning, Lord? I want to follow you. I want to know you and I want to follow you. And I'm going to to go where you lead me to go. That is so freeing. We're freed up from that performance and it turns around and it becomes that intimate relationship we really want Mm -hmm. that gives us fresh faith. 
And it's so funny because we all ask that question, like you said, you know, what's your will for me, God? What is this big picture thing that you want me to do? And here's the funny part. It's exactly the same for every single person who follows Jesus. If you have to wrap your heart around that before you're ever going to get to the whole idea of what job he wants you to do or what person he wants you to marry, before you ever even get to that, he says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. He says, love God and love your neighbor. He says, share the hope of Jesus. Share this hope that you've been told with other people. That's the same for everyone. And follow my commandments. Okay, if we're not doing those things... We're trying to like take a shortcut and go like the back gate entrance to try to figure out, God, what do you want me to do for your kingdom? Well, you're not going to get there if you're not actually understanding what his kingdom's all about because it's about him, not you. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I think we, uh, we think we want one thing as we pursue God and pursue his will. But what we really want, Scott, is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all the fruit of the spirit. That's what we really want. That's what we're really missing. And as we have freedom from this performance lifestyle, performing for God, that's how it plays out in real life. We'll know we are free in Christ. The big promise of, of the fruit of the spirit, it just, it flows from us because we're meeting with the one who gives us that and his Holy spirit flows through us. And that fruit of the spirit is what we're looking for. The obedience to the Lord will be done with joy. We'll do it because, hey, this is what I want to do. I love Jesus. And that pressure to perform, it's removed. We have a free relationship with Christ. We'll know whether we're living in freedom if it's evidence of this and we're not, we're not performing for Jesus anymore. John, it's so crazy because when you read about what Jesus said in John 15, he's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and when you abide in me, you bear much fruit. And essentially, he's using this analogy of like a vineyard, right? There's the grapevine and there's the branches that come off of that, and then the fruit that develops, right, when it's healthy. But you don't develop fruit when you're not connected to the vine. And he's saying like, you got to be connected to God to have that growth, to have that nourishment. And then the Apostle Paul takes it a whole nother level in Galatians 5 and 6 when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And essentially, he's explaining that when we're abiding in Christ, when we're connected to him, we're growing, right? And then what happens when we grow? Yeah, it, it's amazing. And sometimes we look at the fruit and we say, I want that. I want to do these things for the Lord. But all the good stuff happens below the surface in the root system. That's where the relationship with Christ happens. The abiding is we're abiding in that, in that vine, which is connected underground, the root system taking in the nourishment. And that's where the nourishment is for our, our Christian life. I, I love the way you put that. The abiding, John 15 is one of my favorite passages. And when I start getting off the trail here, off the path, I come back and say, okay, I just got to abide in Christ. That's my job, just to abide, to remain, to live in Christ. That's beautiful. You know, when you work with Trans World Radio, you have put Christian broadcasts all over the world in some of the darkest areas of the world. And I mean, when you think about those that don't know Jesus, there are some estimates that say that about a third of the world's population has never heard about Jesus. Have you found that to be true from your mission work, John? Oh, definitely. And it's hard for us to realize that here in the U.S. because you know, there's churches all over the place and there's believers all over the place and there's Christian radio all over the place. I mean, SOS is 
not everywhere, but it's all over the place. And it's a, there's a place for people to go. And you say, how could somebody be so isolated from even hearing about Jesus? It happens, and it is happening. People are denied access to the gospel. It's tragic, and it's hard to wrap our head around that. But one of the things with broadcasting is, as you know, it penetrates homes, it penetrates hearts, it penetrates borders. And that's what's happening is Transworld Radio, we put out the good news in places that are cut off totally from the gospel. And this is the only way we can get the good news in. And when we do get reports out, it's just amazing. It's phenomenal. It is it's so encouraging. In some of these countries that I'm not going to name them right now, but in some of these countries where we have not only put the gospel in, but radios for people to receive the gospel, and we have connections with underground churches and that type of thing that report back to us. And yeah, we, we just need to pray that more will come to know Christ, a third of humanity, not even having access to the gospel. That's tragic. Yeah, and it's kind of wild because in some countries, they don't allow missionaries in. You know, if they hear you're a Christian, you can be thrown right in jail. Then you're able to, like, launch these shortwave radios across the border in a country where you do get permission to do that. And you can shoot that over the border because the airwaves get through. And people are tuning in in their native language. And it may be one of the only radio stations they get in the town or the village that they live in. And a lot of these are solar-powered radios and things. And they can plug in and they're hearing about the hope of Jesus. And they've never heard this. Like here in America, we just think like, oh, I think I know about Jesus, but I don't read the Bible. Or I think I know about Jesus and I kind of pray or I meditate or something. Or you have some sort of spirituality, but you think you know about Jesus. So these are people that have never heard anything about Jesus. And it's like, wait a second, this is profound good news in a country that things are dark. Just this morning, I uh, got an email report from one of our team and it was a series of comments from listeners. And the first half of it was all in that native language. I didn't understand any of it. And then below that it was translated into English the best it could. And I'm just blown away. I mean, it wasn't one, it wasn't two. It was dozens of comments that our team had been able to procure as they were inside the country. And we we don't get reports like this all the time. So this was like this was like gold to us to see that yes. The gospel, it's being heard, it's bearing fruit, Mm -hmm. the hunger in the lives of these people. Just, you know, hope knows no barriers. And as the gospel goes in through radio, and in some countries now where the internet is being cut off, intranets being set up, and Mm -hmm. in China, Russia, even India, probably pretty soon, that there is what we thought is the digital solution is not becoming a solution at all. And we're backing up and saying, oh, this archaic thing called radio, you know, people saying radio's dead. You know, radio's not dead. You're seeing it happen all the time at SOS that that it's alive, that God is using it. The same thing happening around the world where we're getting in over the borders because of the radio waves, the miracle of radio waves and reaching into people's hearts. You know, we hear a lot of the stories about persecution overseas in a lot of the Asian countries and African countries, even some of the South American countries. But What have you heard about what's happening in China? I know that the government has kind of taken over a lot of the churches, but a lot of churches have been destroyed this last couple of years. And Christians are told, like, if you have a home church or you're practicing church that isn't sanctioned by the Chinese government, doctrine given by the Chinese government, like, you could be thrown in jail. We're hearing similar things in Vietnam and many of these countries. The number one 
printer of Bibles, the number one country in the world that prints Bibles is China. They're the number one distributor. None of those Bibles stay in the country, but they print more Bibles than any other country in the world. And I just uh, sent out a, a prayer letter to our, our support team in China right now. The state is making their own translation of scripture. The Bible, when it is released, say, in the schools, and it's being released in the schools, it's not the real word. But in one case, it was translated that Jesus actually stoned the adulterous woman. And really? that's what it was t- twisted around yeah. to, uh, to say. Yes, that came out of a news report. And so all these nuances and all these twistings that will discredit Christianity, that the people in the country will, will receive as truth. And to me, that's mind boggling. It's just, it's stunning when I when I hear that there is a spiritual war going on right now and we need to be praying. That really is the only way we're going to break through. Uh, so I would just ask listeners to, to pray for those who have little or no access to the gospel, that their hearts will be open. God will find a way he's still in control. I'm reading revelation right now and Jesus wins. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, he is still in control and we need to, we need to realize that we, we shouldn't worry. But at the same time, God asks us to pray. He asks us to pray. He wants us to be involved through our prayers. And this is a spiritual battle we need to wage. We're talking about the roadblocks that we find as we're growing in our faith. And we're trying to feel near to God. And sometimes we just don't. Can we just own that? We're talking with John Fugler today at SWS Radio. And he's the founder of FreshFaith247.com. And you work to actively encourage Jesus followers in like their day-to-day relationship with God. And I know this last year, it has not been easy on anyone. Everyone's been feeling an element of disconnect. Maybe even some elements of a season of depression. Maybe just feeling like you're relationships have just been rough, but Jesus tells us that we're going to experience peace, a peace that surpasses any human understanding when we connect with him, when we abide in him, when we place him front and center. But sometimes we just don't feel near to Jesus. And why do you think that is, John? There are a lot of things get in the way, and I think it can divide them up into three categories. Uh, One is the performance, performance Christianity. We're trying to earn God's favor thinking if we earn God's favor, we'll get close to him. A second thing is uh, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin will keep us from our Savior, not out of relationship with him. We still have our salvation, but that fellowship. And we feel cut off. We feel cold. And the only solution to that is that we confess that sin. We turn from sin to Jesus. And that's when that is broken, that relationship, it will it'll come to life. Talk about fresh faith. And the third thing I believe is hurt, pain. Others who have hurt us, maybe the church has hurt us. Maybe we've experienced loss, loss of a parent, loss of a, a child. There's so much pain that we actually get cold towards God and we blame God uh, rather than turning to him. And that pain is very real. It's very real. And we need to just to come to our savior and say, I I'm hurting Jesus and I'm really upset. And you've taken my son, you've taken my daughter, you've taken my parent, and I don't know what to do. And I just really can't face you right now. But it it takes that intimate time of just opening up to God. So whether it's performing, trying to earn God's favor, or whether it's unconfessed sin, or whether it's pain, I think those three things are really the root of our separation from fellowship with Jesus, our coldness, our 
dryness, our up and down spiritually. And what I am hoping and praying for is that we'll have a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus, that we always come back to Jesus and we want to know him. It comes in that one-on-one intimate time with him. So we have to overcome those things, not in our own power, but simply turning to Jesus. There's certain things that you find that become like these roadblocks. They become like the points of offense sometimes in our life because we carry them from our past. And when someone starts to encourage you to move past something or they sort of try to call you out or hold you accountable for something that they see that may be a flaw, they automatically come out like these roadblocks. Like I take offense to this and it's usually pain or it's performance or it's the unconfessed sin in your life. It's like someone tries to talk to you about something, but you say, yeah, 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 but my situation's different because I was hurt, or this person did this to me, or something happened here, or no, 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 no. Well, my situation's different, and I choose to do this, or I feel this way. Or I've worked really hard, and I tried this, and I tried this, and I tried this, and that's not going to work because. It's so funny how our default mode becomes pain, performance, or unconfessed sin when someone tries to nurture us to move forward. And you hit on something there. The common denominator, Scott, is pride. It's pride. It's, it's the me. I can fix it. I want to do it. I think of the little kid trying to tie his shoe, you know, the four-year-old and he can't do it. And, and we go and we try to try to help him. Maybe it's a three-year-old and he looks up and he goes, I do it. I do it. And he works as hard as he can to try to tie that shoe. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, yeah. he gives up and he says, could you tie my shoe? And we're in that situation <laughs> and our pride gets in the way. And when we say, okay, I give up, Lord, I come to you and you need to fix it. You need to fix this relationship, Jesus, that you and I have, because I can't. And there'll be some times of tear. It'll be gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching uh, hours with, with Jesus that you work through those things. But yeah, you're right. When you described all that, I'm going, that sounds like self-effort and pride. And that's really what's in the way. I know from experience, uh, <laughs> Scott, I, I, I do this all the time. And just because I say I'm on the road to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity, I get off that road a lot. And I go back to trying to earn favor, God's favor. And I have to keep coming back and spend more time with Jesus and know him and pray and and really get into the word in a way that that's more than just checking off the box. It is time well spent with the Lord. I have to get away. I try to get away every month for a half a day, a retreat, because I need that. I just say, okay, put everything else aside. And I've reserved, I blocked out these four hours I'm just going to spend it with Jesus. And there's no agenda. There's no agenda. And I don't know where he's going to lead me, but we have a great time together every time. I even took him out uh, on a bike ride once. Yeah. I said, okay, Jesus, today, I just want to show you what I do throughout the day. And it was was kind of fun. We just went out for a while. We prayed. I memorized some scripture. And I said, oh, here's where I go a couple times a week. This is a trail I ride on. I walk here and I'm trying to have that relationship with Jesus that I missed for so many years. So there I was on the hot seat with Scott Harold. It's different being on the receiving end of questions rather than asking all my guests their questions, but wow, he's I enjoyed that time. He really is a good interviewer. If I'll put a link in the show notes to his podcast, Scott Harold, that's H-E-R-R-O-L-D, and you can find his podcast. He interviews 
a lot of neat people. I don't know how I made the list because he has got some well-known Christian personalities and Christian artists that he's interviewed, and he agreed to interview me. So that was really cool. But you can go back and uh, check out his podcast and other guests that he digs into life with. I always come away with one big thing, one item, one takeaway that I take away from this. And it's a little bit weird because I was the one interviewed. But I'll, I'll go with this, all right? We're doing this every week. And maybe you have a different takeaway, and that's fine. Uh, don't let these interviews go uh, go by without coming away with something. It's not just entertainment. But I guess the, the one big thing I came away from this was I would just ask you to block out a four-hour retreat with God. I'm finding that is absolutely awesome. You know, it's good to have these daily experiences with the Lord. we got to have those. There's something about blocking everything out for four days or four hours, yeah, four days. I need to do that too, but four hours and spending it with the Lord. Uh, do that. Can you, can you find that on your calendar? It, it will absolutely be life-changing. And when you're done with that, do it again, block out another four hours and do it each month if you can. Um, I created the 21 day fresh faith experience. So your times with the Lord could be what fresh, refreshing, it would be a great experience. It's a way to give some spark to getting this time with the Lord richer and richer. And it's a springboard for you. I would encourage you to go get it at freshfaith247.com and f- click on 21 Day for the 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience. Uh, I mentioned um, a comment from a listener near the beginning of the show. If you have comments, let me know. If the Lord's uh, spurring something on in you, if he's kind of poking you a little bit or leading you, you're hearing some of the interviews, you're uh, hearing the uh, weekly themes and the little short inspirational thoughts that I bring, uh, tell me about that. Let me know what's ministering to you. If you have any questions, ask those as well. We'll feature Q&A in the future on the show, but I got to collect them from you first. So you can reach me at, if you want to tweet me, at John Fugler quickly and easily, at John Fugler, or you can email me, john at freshfaith247.com. I'll put, put a link in the show notes to both of those. You might be a regular listener to this podcast. You've heard me talk about Fresh Faith 24-7. What is it? Uh, simply put, it's a membership community where we pursue Christ together. This whole thing of relationship, it's all about that. And one of the most important resources in the membership is is my Freedom Path training. It's a series of videos I've recorded to help you gain freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity, centering on that in this episode. It's that path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. If that's where you're at and you need that, you can join Fresh Faith 24-7 for free in a matter of minutes. You can do it. Just go to the website freshfaith247.com. It's obvious which button to click and you can get in. And welcome to new members who have been joining, new members every week who are coming in and we do some neat things, but Freedom Path Training is what really addresses this whole thing of performance Christianity. And you can jump into the first video of the Freedom Path Training as soon as you join. So go ahead, it's free freshfaith247.com. Well, no matter how hard you cheer for your favorite team or Olympian this week, (laughs) remember, 
that in your relationship with God, he desires more than your performance, okay? He desires you. I'll talk to you next week.